do we love a chat? We love to help and that's a fact So we have made it our mission to find stuff out From diagnosis and education Slimming out of your frustration Chat to folks who've been there too Collect it together and share it with you If you know someone we should speak to Send them our way and that's what we'll do We like to have our sensory natters You know what? Hi everyone, it's Jenny here with a, uh, another show for you and today I am pleased to be chatting to Steph Reed. Hi Steph. Hello, hey Jenny, thank you for having me. No problem at all, how are you doing today? Yes, I'm great thanks, how are you? Yeah, really good thank you, really good. Um, so we are um, going to basically chat about what you do because Steph is a teacher originally by trade and has yes. branched out into specialising um, in autism and, and other um, conditions and basically has a whole host of experience that we think we would love to hear about and share with everyone who listens so that they can maybe take some things away and implement them themselves either in the school environment or even at home. Yes. Yeah, so um, let's start with kind of how did you end up? You've got a, a website, which is well worth looking at, which is called the um, www.autismspectrumteacher.com. Um, yes. And you yep. do various consultancy and things like that that people can come and look you up for. Yes, yes. You're also um, on yes. Facebook and all the other things which you can find Social, from that website. Yes, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so I actually started as well it was back when I was at school and I became really interested in 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 the ways the different ways that people think and learn through um meeting I met the first time I met an autistic child I just I was so inspired by the way that I could see she was thinking and and the way that I was trying to interact with her and 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 seeing what worked and what didn't work that led me down the path of um I, being a teaching assistant and I was doing one-to-one -one support in mainstream school and then I did my teacher training I did a degree in special needs and inclusion studies and uh, specialized in early years teaching okay. and I I, th I thought I should really get a, a good overview of of, of general uh, mainstream teaching. So I taught mainstream for a couple of years, and whilst there, I I started up nurture group. And my passion is really, you know, ensuring all all children's needs are met. But most specifically, autism has still continued to be a real passion. And I then went and taught in autism specific schools right in London um which are they have been very you you have um very different types of, of special schools some cater for a lot of different needs and the last school I taught at for five years was very very specific um really set up the environment especially and um the expertise of really understanding the needs of autism and um, really providing personalized uh, personalized learning as well mm -hmm. and I whilst I was there I started doing some outreach support and training for other schools 
and for services such as the transport services, social services, um, to develop develop understanding of autism, but also um, thinking about how we can effectively support individuals in school and or wherever it is, um, whatever service. And I, I, I guess from going into different schools, what I was seeing was such a a difference sometimes in in the provision that was being provided and most mostly the understanding of the teachers and teaching assistants for example some some teachers and teaching assistants have had no training or they haven't they haven't um perhaps got the t- the tools or the knowledge to to effectively put things in place for i mean they in in most cases have 30 children in the class mm-hmm. uh, so what i do now is i i i'm actually based within a school for half the week as a special needs coordinator and the other half of the week i've i dedicate to going into schools and providing outreach support that's of a very um personalized coaching approach okay. so really thinking about the specific needs of the school and of the children because as we know a personalized approach works very well in meeting different needs um so providing that kind of coaching through observations and 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 having time with teachers and teaching assistants and the head teachers of course which is really important and then doing training sessions and coaching as well I've been doing some some coaching with some some teachers in in different countries as well which has been um really 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 interesting and really um important in thinking about how we're 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 meeting needs with within different contexts different curriculum so yeah that's that's that is my my background and my what's driving that is is really trying to ensure that um we are providing successful support and teaching for for all of our children but really kind of because sometimes it can be challenging for teachers um to make sure that they are catering for the whole class so i i do try and focus on um those strategies and what we can implement within the class so what do that's going to help not just the autistic children but all the children yes yeah so in terms of in terms of mainstream school which you've obviously taught in as well where you have got um larger class sizes and a lot of different needs within the classroom Mm. And it must be incredibly challenging for teachers, whether they've got a child with autism or not, or dyslexia, or who knows. Or maybe they don't even, or maybe there's a child in there that's not yet been diagnosed, but still struggles. So if you could give like one best practice tip, I suppose, for Mm. how to set up a mainstream classroom to try and have a bit of a catch-all, which must be nigh on impossible... But you know what I mean, to be best suited for all needs. What what would be the one thing that people could do? Um, from going into 
to different schools and and now providing outreach support there is all there's always themes that do regularly come up and I'll talk for a few of those now yeah in terms of setting up the the classroom what we've got to try and ensure is that the we're helping the children understand whether it's the learning, whether it's the um, the transitions between lessons, when a lesson's going to finish, all these types of things that's going to happen during the day. And some things that we can do to help is by using different types of visual supports. And I'm forever using, for example, at the start of the day, I would have a a visual timetable, not a visual timetable that's going to stay on the wall stationary, mm. but one that's being used so that a child, the child, the class can see what's happening in their day. And then as the day goes, goes on and the lessons finish the the lessons would be removed from the visual timetable so for example if I was starting maths and then I would show everybody it's maths now this could be perhaps using pictures or symbols or maybe you're in a um you know year six class and writing it you know on the whiteboard and then rubbing it off as you go along something that's that's understandable and means something that's what it's all about something that means something to the children and seeing that is going to really just give a good idea of what's going to happen and can really help with those transitions which can often be a a a time of anxiety or a time of um challenge for 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 children and by wiping it off by wiping it off or, or taking the visual off then the, the class know exactly where they are in that day, I suppose. Exactly, and they can see the you know the beginning, the ending, what's coming next. Yeah. And alongside that, if if children need additional support in terms of their transitions, you can use um, different visual supports such as Have you heard of a, a now and next board? Have you seen yeah, those ones? Yeah. yeah. So, for example, in some mainstream classes I go into, they've got maybe one or two children who have an additional um, now and next support, which is just giving them a a reminder um, that's much closer to them rather than a a visual timetable that might be on the wall by the somewhere else in the classroom so they've got that additional support which goes through and goes with them throughout the day and um and it's great because children can learn to use this very independently and and change the symbols and or the pictures and or whether it's going to be a a, a whiteboard um or like again a, a a list of the activities that they can tick off so that that can really help with the transitions and Alongside that, I would always say to use a sand timer when lessons are coming to an end or an activity is coming to an end, especially if a child is doing something they really, really like. Yeah. But um, I would, I use them 
I would say use them consistently. So when the lesson's finishing, I don't know, five minutes before, you can show a five-minute timer and just tell the class there's five minutes left. Some children may need a an individual one or one that's, again, closer to them to act as a, a closer visual support so they can see when it's, when it, you know, see the sand come through and, and know the more you use them, the, the, the more consistent you're with using sand yeah. timers. Um, it's, it becomes such a help for that child or for the class. And that can make such a difference because quite often I'll see maybe I'll observe a child who has just maybe got quite upset because something that they have been enjoying has been taken away from them without warning. Yeah. And using something like a sand timer is really going to help prepare that child. Yeah. So that's something I, 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 it's one of the first things I always say, have you got sand timers? Are you using them? Mm-hmm. Are you using them consistently? Mm-hmm. And even with older children, I mean, I use sand timers myself, you know, I, but then again, it's it's a, for a teacher. We know when the the lesson's going to end because we've planned it. We know yeah. it's going to finish at half two, for example. The children won't necessarily know that, or they won't know exactly what you're planning to do for each part of the lesson. Yeah. So, addition additional to that, I would have a support that shows. The, the steps of the lesson. So, for example, if it's going to be um, a cooking lesson, mm-hmm. I would have, um, again, whether it's going to be using pictures or whether it's going to be using symbols or it's just written. First of all, we're going to be doing um, we're going to be doing some ch- some cutting, mm-hmm. and then we're going to be doing some spreading. And then we're going to be doing, uh, you know, whatever the next steps. Yeah. And then, again, like we said with the visual timetables, the children can see a clear breakdown of what they're going to do. And um, this can be used at any any kind of level, really, in terms of ensuring the children understand what's expected. Yeah. Uh, because often, again, sometimes a child might get up in the middle of a lesson and and go and do they want to go and do something else but if we haven't provided a support that shows this is what we're doing even if it's something perhaps more individual for for that child it's it's got their three maths activities that they need to do shapes counting and um, adding something like this and then it's just very clear to them this is what we have to do yeah yeah that makes a lot of sense because I I guess you'll I guess one of the pushbacks you might get from mainstream teachers is I haven't got the time to change mm. my, the way I teach for one or two people in my class. I just, you know, mm. teaching's tough enough as it is. And it is. I, I, I really do think they have a, a tough job and they're mm. very committed to what they do. But anyway, but I guess with your strategy, it's just make it part of it. It's not for one child or two child. No. It will benefit everybody in the class. Exactly. And yeah. by implementing that, you're also going to help those with additional needs. Yeah, additional default. needs. English as a di- as as a as an additional language. Yeah. Um, um, you've 
you can help all sorts of children. It's it's really powerful. Yeah, to simple. But very yeah. simple, but effective. Simple and powerful, yeah. If you or your child struggle with toothbrushing, we have an amazing new product available. It is the Ico Finger Toothbrush. It is in our Chewy Gem shop now. You don't need toothpaste. You don't need water. You simply pop the finger toothbrush on the end of your finger and brush your teeth. It is incredible. Available in children's sizes from 6 plus, four different flavours. Adult sizes, small, medium and large in mild mint. And they last for 100 brushes each. They are absolutely incredible. So go and check those out. Remember, if you need any help or support, you can pop over to our sensory support group in Facebook. And we are the most welcoming, lovely community ready to help. Now back to the podcast. Okay. Um, what about another thing that you're, you kind of specialise in and have experience of is kind of behaviour strategies effective behavior strategies so i guess with that are we talking about preventing meltdowns handling meltdowns that mm. kind of thing understanding why mm. and that's that's the key here is is understanding what is happening for that child that young person that adult are they um and and what we really have to do as teachers and uh, or in the school or or anybody is is take a step back and and try and observe and understand listen what what is happening for that individual why are they behaving in a certain way so um so quite often we'll maybe it's going to be having discussions and observations of of children and, and trying to work out what is what are the triggers why why are they behaving this way? Mm-hmm. And further to that, I'm I'm always banging on about. Have you have you seen an ABC chart before? Um, Describe it. I might know. It's a it's a way of recording what happened before, what happened during, and what happened after. Okay behavior so this can show a it could potentially show a pattern if it's if you're kind of writing down over a period of time you can look back and it's sometimes you can think that you you know the the reasons why a child is behaving a certain way but actually I mean, I've, this has happened to me. I've, I've looked back and thought, oh, that's happening whenever somebody says that word or that's happening when at, at the set, when, you know, when that child has gone into that room. What's happening in that room? Yeah. Uh, and then you, when you start to unpick all of these, these reasons and all the things that are happening, you can, you can try and understand a bit more what's yeah. happening for that. Is it, is it something to do with the... The sensory input is yeah. it because they're unable to communicate is it because they just don't want to be doing what they're doing um is it the way that somebody has has said something to them um there's always a reason mm-hmm. <laughs> so it's working out those reasons and then once you once you understand and have a better picture of, of why 
you're then in a much better position to start putting in and implementing strategies to support that person. Yeah. Uh, whether that's going to be, for example, what we were speaking about before, is it some a, a transition support because they're finding those the transition difficult? Yeah. It's because they just you know they they don't. I I'm thinking of a child now who. Um, I remember one uh, a specific time where I was doing a lesson and he he would just it was just before the end and he just got up and went to the to go outside to play and it was because I I hadn't I thought I had got all the 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 visual supports to show him what was happening in that lesson but I didn't actually do I didn't have one for the the bit at the end for tidying up oh. because he thought it was time to it's it's finished mm-hmm. so um yeah and to really think about why is that child doing that yeah. what can I do to support them is it is it ever simple is it usually take a bit of detective work or do the children are they able to say yeah I guess a lot of my um experiences with children with autism and severe learning difficulties and and complex needs so that a lot of what I was saying there is kind of thinking about children that perhaps aren't able to say or um um and and sometimes it is difficult for for um a child or young person to to understand sometimes even for myself to understand you know what is going on why am i feeling that this 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 um so sometimes it is sometimes it's very obvious Mm. but then it's it's all interpretation some and that's where it's key for teachers and teaching assistants to have that good communication with parents because something is is it could be happening at home or maybe it's not happening at home maybe it's just happening at school having that home school communication is so key yeah so having those things in place like a whether it's a home school diary or if it's a sheet or um, I mean, if you can speak, see the parents, that's that's better. I know sometimes it's it's very difficult, or maybe children are coming in on on transport. But having some form of communication and 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 having that conversation going to ensure that we're, yeah. you know, having that consistency or 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 implementing strategies that are, uh, are working at home and and school. Yeah, because I guess that the home might sometimes see a different behaviour as a result of something that's happening at school. Maybe yeah, they lay yeah. it out at home and vice versa. Yeah, yeah, yeah. makes a lot of sense. So you've you've got um, listed on your website that you have experience in training and implementing lots of research based approaches, such as and I don't know what some of these things are, so I'm going to ask you. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, S certs or certs. Certs. So CERTS is a, um, it was actually developed in America. Um, it's a comprehensive approach and assessment tool for um, developing, it's an acronym. So SC is social communication. Yeah. ER is emotional regulation. Uh-huh. TS is transactional supports, okay. which is all of those supports that we're putting in place to to support 
um, people. And it's, it's, it's an approach that I'm extremely fond of. And the, I, I went on the, the training and it was so inspiring. Emily Rubin um, is the name of, a, of one of the founders. Right. And it's really, the, the, the aim is to develop social communication, emotional regulation, and ensuring we're putting in those those supports and um it's in terms of social communication and emotional regulation for children and young people with autism those those areas are really really key in terms of focusing on for example um i'm i would say for all teachers to, to try and think of those areas in terms of how how are we supporting the children to develop their social interaction and communication? Is it that we need to provide um, explicit learning experiences for different, whether it's play, um, uh, different social skills, and for emotional regulation? Mm. Without, without having strategies to to help us regulate our emotions it's going to be quite difficult for some to to and what i mean by emotional regulation is is understanding our emotions and and being able to identify how we're feeling and then manage that effectively so if I'm feeling sad or angry, I'm, I know I'm feeling sad, what can I do to help myself? And having a real focus on, on that part of development can really support the, 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 the person in so many different ways, not just their learning. Mm. Um, but I can just think of, of children that I've taught who's, because they weren't regulated, they weren't able to access the learning. So it was really important to focus on ensuring that that, that child had some strategies, whether it's going to be to, to ask for a break when, when, they, when they needed to, to have a, the right sensory um, resources in place to, to support their sensory needs. Is it um, to... In, to ensure that the way the staff are approaching the children, I'm thinking of a child who would get very excited very easily. And if the adult also um, also is very excitable with him, yeah. that was just going to lead uh, yeah, to complete <laughs> overstimulation. So ensuring that we, you know, had a had a calm approach. Yeah. And so, yes, so that's what CERTS is all about, okay. having that focus on social communication, emotional regulation, and the transactional supports that we're putting in place. Okay, that makes sense. And then you've got social stories, I, I understand, and the, my understanding of those, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, is that they're usually about typical things people might do, like going on holiday, getting your hair cut, going first day at school, whatever you know fairly everyday things and it's used really to prepare the individual for that event 
so they know yeah. what to expect. So very like your visual timetable and all the rest of it. Yeah. Is, is that yeah. right? Yes. Yes. With a focus on social skills as well. Yeah. So, for example, maybe it's going to be a social story about taking turns yeah. or, or um, um, I just supported a teacher to write one about for a child who was really finding it difficult understanding about not always being first in line. Mm -hmm. so, so having that, so really trying to develop social understanding through the use of um, personalized story. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, makes sense. And then you've got teach with two C's. Teach with two C's, yes. And that's um have you have you heard of teach before? No. It's a structured teaching approach also developed in America. Okay. Um and it's I mean I can tell you what it stands for. It I don't particularly uh, agree with the terminology. It's it's quite dated. Okay. Um, you'll see what I mean when I tell you. Let me just let me just get it up so I can make sure I'm saying it right. But it's it's a very it's a structured teaching approach which um, it involves the use of um, visual strategies and with the it. It's really focused on um, a child, a young person, uh, developing their independence through um, a system of activities. So, for example, a teach approach for, um, for one person could look like five activities in... Um, on, in a box to the left of them, yeah. they have a a visual resource that's going to help them work through those activities by themselves. So, for example, it could be a one a, a a strip one two three four five, and then on the activities, you've also got the numbers one two three four five, so that the person can. But independently, take the number one, take the activity out and match it to their corresponding. And it's a system whereby very young children, adults doing in a working environment can use this kind of left to right system um, because it's highly visual. Yeah. Um, I hope I've explained that okay. Yeah, it's, no, that makes sense. Yeah, it does yeah, make sense. Just going back to what it stands for. Um, I can't find it. Don't I'm on the worry. Don't worry. No. It's just... It's just it's, it stands for the lines of the, the treatment and education for autistic children. Um... Okay, so it bit, is, I would guess the word you don't like is treatment, probably. Treatment. Uh, yes, yes, I nearly just couldn't say it, but yeah, um, yeah, but it is a the actual approach mm -hmm. in terms of providing that de developing independence and making things highly visual is what and 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 what I like to do in 
and a lot of um, special schools will take different approaches. So taking a bit from teach, taking a bit from certs, taking pecs, taking social stories, putting all of these approaches together to provide the the appropriate support. Yeah. And and mainstream schools as well. Well, yeah, well, schools take take uh, parts of different approaches. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it goes back to what we were saying at the beginning about it, everyone's autism being so different. So mm. taking different things from different strategies and approaches makes sense. Um, yes. Totally. It's like having a whole tool bag and just getting the right tools out for that person. Yeah. yeah. I mean, Makaton, exactly. I think everyone will be familiar with. So are you, are you pretty fluent in Makaton yourself? I am, um, I wouldn't say fluent. I'm, I use it on a regular basis. I'm always looking up new signs. Um, the more you're using it, the more it becomes second nature. I do realize I, I sign to my friends that don't know that I'm signing. Because it it, I suppose it does become second nature. But yes, it is. It is again a uh, Makaton is a simplified version of 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 British Sign Language, and signing those keywords can really help the, to convey the message and emphasise what you're saying. So when I'm teaching, I'll always use I'll always sign the keywords, and this will really help. The children decode and for example when you're saying words over and over again like okay the lesson has finished it's 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 really helpful um and i've also taught a lot of children that will use makaton to communicate as well so it, it's 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 enhancing my communication as a teacher but also acts as a communication a functional method of communication for some children. Yeah. Uh, not all children take tomacaton. They might. Um, I mean, there's all sorts of of um, different types of of strategies out there to to develop communication. But yes, macaton is 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 great for enhancing your communication as a teacher. I think every teacher should use macaton. And um, and yeah, and, and the children will also learn to use signs themselves in some, in some cases. Mm-hmm. Yeah, really, it is useful. I, I would like to know more of it, definitely. I wonder why it's called Makaton. Yeah, I know there are different... Makaton is in lots of different languages. Yeah. Um, Mr. Tumble is where I learned quite a lot of... Uh, of my signs initially. Yes. Yeah, good old Mr. Tumble. Yeah. Um, and attention autism. So what's that? Yes. Attention autism is a fabulous approach um, to developing children's attention skills and focus. And it's all through engagement and motivating activities. It's developed by Gina Davies, who um, is just very inspiring. She has some great videos on YouTube. Um, and she, it, the, the actual attention autism approach is divided into four stages. Right. I don't know if you've heard of the attention bucket. No. 
So um, it's the, the, the bucket is the first stage. And in this bucket, you have brilliantly exciting and motivating things, toys, resources that the children, they'll come out of the box, uh, sorry, the bucket, um, and the children will just be looking rather than touching. So, mm-hmm. for example, you would be, you would have the children in a, in sitting in a semicircle or a group, and, um, and um, you, sh- there's a song that you sing, I've got something in my bucket. <laughs> and, then, and then individually a, but basically what you, what, you, what you start to create is you want to be exciting and, and engaging. You want the children to look at you. Mm. So you've got this bucket and you're going to sing and then you, one by one you take out something exciting. You're going you're gonna to perhaps have already thought of the child's interests or things that you know they really like take it out and then the aim is and it, it as you um, implement attention autism um, into into the school day whether it's going to be uh, once a day or or so many times a week you're 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 aiming to develop the children's attention so they they'll be looking I'll I'll give you an example. Um, clock, you know, like those wind-up toys. Yeah. You'd have a wind-up toy, and then the children look, and yourself and any support assistants are there to um, enhance the the engagement by 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 being, for example, um, you know, oh look. <laughs> Let's wind, wind, wind it up. You're using yourself to try and yeah. get the children to focus. And also, alongside that, develop communication and language through through using those key words, um, whether it's going to be, oh, he's walking, or <clears throat> just uh, in my head I've got a, a group of young children. But you can do this with, with older children as well. Yeah. Um, that's the stage one, and then as you progress through the stages, it becomes um, there's there's different um, focus for each stage, but the core the core focus is um, really engaging activities and um, developing attention, and it's it's a really great approach because it really gets people to think about what they're teaching, how they're teaching it, are they, is it something that the children want to look at? You yeah. know, is it something, is it the something that the children want to take part in? Um, but yes, it's a really, it's a, it's a brilliant approach. And do you have um, a favourite out of all these approaches or, or is it just really oh, what's right or? It's just, uh, yeah, as I said before, using all these different approaches and interventions in combination. Yeah. Um, I'm 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 working in schools at the moment that are using all of those that we've just said, and they're mainstream schools. They're using all of those approaches. It can be done. It is doable. It's um, it's just ensuring that the 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 the, the staff have the have the knowledge in order to and the confidence as well yeah. um, to 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 implement them. 
And sometimes it does take time to try and work out the logistics, you know, how are we going to do these groups alongside each other when we've got lessons happening. Yeah. Um, but in terms of the 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 developing, um, well, the impact for the children, really, because what we're focusing on um, and those approaches we've been talking about are really core areas of, in some cases, in some areas of need, for example, communication, um, emotional regulation, um, attention. These are some of the areas that that autistic children can find challenging yes. uh, and will really help in the when you think about the learning that's taking place in the classroom. So it's it's um, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Um so I'm trying to think are, are any of the other ones worth going on? I mean, you've got a long list here. Um, so uh, you know, is there any that we've missed that you think would be really useful for people to know about? Intensive interaction. I yeah. have to say that that's that's you did say what is my favorite. Intensive interaction is an amazing approach to Have you uh, uh, do you know about intensive interaction? Yeah. Do you, you heard... do you know Dave? Yes. Yes. Well, I don't, I, I've, I've, yes, yes. I've met Dave. He is brilliant. The intensive interaction approach is 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 um, focused on developing early communication yeah. and interaction through um, when you think about communication and how we're trying to to interact with a child by going to their level of communication and interaction we can develop relationships through perhaps um, the individual you're working with is is um, non-verbal and um, um, enjoys whatever they whatever they enjoy doing mm. by by trying to interact with them by um, maybe it's m mimicking or imitating their behavior or their sounds and joining in with them and what they want to do. We can really develop develop relationships, which is so key, and develop um, things like that two-way interaction process. So I make a sound, sorry, they, they the, the person always leads, not 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 you so they make a sound you make a sound and and then developing early communication from there yeah 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 and so have you got um examples of where that has really helped or been successful oh definitely i've seen um so for example where i've started doing intensive interaction with 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 children really seeing how they respond and 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 how the relationship develops for example um one particular boy who really wasn't I mean, it seemed like he wasn't really interested in in anybody and and start when I started doing intensive interaction with him the first, from the very first time I did, he looked at me and just started laughing. And we, he, we were doing, we were, what were we, we were doing a, like almost like frog jumps from one 
like he was doing a frog jump and I was doing a frog jump and he was looking at me and laughing and we went on for ages doing this back and forth and he loved it and the, the relationship really developed and you could tell he really trusted me he was he's he's uh, non-verbal and um um uh, has very complex uh, sensory needs but we were able to develop this 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 relationship through doing an intensive interaction and um I'm I'm just thinking of a school I went into recently where um, they have a child in in the nurse in reception, sorry, and and um, I they were out we were all outside on the playground, and I thought I would just start going and doing some intensive interaction with her, and straight away she started she looked at me because she could see that I was you know I was I was at her level I was doing what she was doing, then. Mm. You know, making those making those sounds with her, and she grabbed my hand, and she was really enjoying this interaction. And afterwards, I spoke to her teacher, and her teacher said, "I've never seen her look at somebody like that." And I think um, we can get so caught up sometimes in trying to get a child to to say hello. I'm I'm just thinking of maybe a nonverbal child to get them to say words, to get them to to communicate with us. And if we just do it the other way around and communicate and interact with them in the way that they're comfortable with you can so much can come from that yeah makes a lot of sense makes a lot of sense yeah good so it must be again the videos on youtube that dave hewitt has done the the founder um that really kind of demonstrate that approach in action yes absolutely so it must be what you do must be incredibly rewarding. You must really enjoy it. Have you got mm. kind of a, a highlight, something that you were just really proud of? Mm. I guess all of the I've taught some brilliant children who've been my number one teachers. You know mm. that I learn something every every minute, every day. Um, and I guess seeing, for example, I'm, I'm thinking of some children that that I've taught who have maybe, you know, where mainstream hasn't been appropriate for them, um, and they've they've come to a specialist provision and. Um, being able to teach them some functional communication, whether that's through Makaton Sign or through the Picture Exchange Communication System, mm. or through just using a an object, mm-hmm. um, that makes such a difference for them. And um, and uh, yeah, I'm thinking of some children as well. Going back to what I was talking about with emotional regulation, just children that have been so dysregulated that they are what what people may observe as being very challenging behavior yeah. very challenging and uh, putting those supports in to help them regulate and to to help them understand the day and 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 what's going to happen just makes such a difference and i guess what 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 did happen is through having this experience of um, teaching and then 
going into other schools and realizing and I guess that again is the difference between a special school and a, and a mainstream school there isn't often the same level well there just isn't the same level of expert expertise in a mainstream school so the fact that I can now provide some um, support for schools is is really rewarding and really it's really important because um I mean, I know from doing teacher training, I had one day, I did a PGCE, so the postgraduate certificate, which is, um, we did one day that was focused on additional needs. And mm. it was so poor that I had to complain. And um, just knowing that, you know, sometimes, whether it's autism or dyslexia or whatever the child's needs are what we really need to remember is each child learns in such a different way and if we can really figure out how they are how they learn best um we can really help to support that child those children um so yeah right. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, and yeah. Uh, there's 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 so much we could talk about, isn't there? I mean, we have and even sensory needs in the classroom. It's such a big area because our classrooms these days can be so overwhelming, and you know you've got busy displays and quite often lots of resources that are out mm -hmm. uh, and very bright lights. Um, so just to, to really think about that as well is really important because, <laughs> you know, I, I, I think it's too easy to overlook what, what, what is, um, having an impact for the children and why they might be losing focus and, 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 and attention. Yeah. Um, yeah. Cool. Okay. Well, it has been fascinating talking to you. Have you got any kind of parting message that you want to get across before we finish up? Oh, that's a good, that is a good question. Um, I guess maybe just to kind of summarise, always think about what is impacting or having an impact on the child which might be leading to a certain behavior there's always going to be a reason um and trying to make sure that in the classroom we are providing we're giving the children the best opportunity to be successful through providing those those supports um because sometimes it is we can identify you know that that child's really finding transitions difficult for example making sure that um because i'm just thinking sometimes we schools will put in place a visual timetable or a now and next board something like that but when i ask where's the now and next board it it's in the tr in the tray or where is the visual timetable and it's half done um it's not it's not making sense to the child. It needs to make sense. It needs mm -hmm. to be understood. The reason why we're doing this is to support the children. So really thinking what is working 
Mm-hmm. And what's not working? How can we? How can we support the children um, effectively? Great. Okay, brilliant. Well, thank you, Steph. That's been really good. The other thing I would say on, on Steph's website, theautismteacher.com, there are some free resources you can sign up to receive as well um, yes. for printables and things like that that you could use perhaps in the classroom or for visual communication, etc. So that's worth looking at. Yeah. I've actually also just started a podcast as well, um, which I, I, I released the first one last week and it was all about... Um, teaching and support strategies Great. Um, and there is a link to that on my website autismspectrumteacher.com great and is that so is that podcast on apple and things like it's that? On, yes it's on itunes and spotify Fab. and yes and um and on my website great and so the podcast itself is called the autism teacher Autism Spectrum Teacher Podcast, Autism. yeah. Yeah, fab. Okay, brilliant. Just so people can find it. Wonderful. All right. Well, thank you, Steph, for your time. That's been really good. Thank you very much. Thank you, thank you very much for having me. You're welcome. Bye. Thank you. Bye. Well, that's it for this week. And thank you once again for listening. We really do appreciate it. If you've got time and you can spare 30 seconds, then go and give us a five-star review on iTunes. It really helps other people find our content. And we know that our content and our episodes are so helpful to our community with lots of hints and tips and interesting interviews. So go and do your kind deed of the day and leave us a five-star review on iTunes to help others find us. Also, so that you never never miss an episode and you get a notification when a new one is available why not hit subscribe and that way you'll never miss us finally if you're not already a member of our fantastic facebook support group i suggest you go join it we'd love to see you in there there's loads of fantastic chat lots of peer-to-peer support from people in the same boat as you so go and search on facebook for the chewy gem sensory support group and let us know what you're thinking of our episodes speak to you then bye